Up inquirers and welcome to the ever intriguing inquiries of our reality. With this whole massive shift in consciousness happening, this conversation fell at a perfect time. Conversations like this help us to realize that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that there will always be hope. We cover a lot of dark topics on this show, so I'm glad this one gets deep but with a positive message. I really enjoyed it, and I hope you guys do the same. But before we get into this wonderful conversation I had today, we of course have to uh, do a couple announcements and cover some of the front of house stuff. So if you guys haven't already caught it from the last couple episodes that I've done, uh, I will be vending and speaking at the Snarly Use Cryptid Halloween 2 uh, Cryptid Festival and Halloween Craft Show. And that will be October 28th from 12 to 6. Admission is free, of course. So you guys got to definitely come out and support me for my uh, very first uh, speaking presentation that I will be doing. And it will be in three parts. And I will have my awesome co-host Oren from Bizarre Encounters that'll be doing this one with me. So it'll definitely be awesome. And if you guys aren't able to make it out, uh, we should be trying to live stream it or we'll definitely be turning it into episodes. So don't feel like you're going to totally miss it. There will be some opportunities, but of course I would love to see your guys' faces there. Uh, if you guys want to check it out, it will be in Charlestown, West Virginia, and all the other information for it will be down in the show description if you guys want to check it out. And again, like I said, it's free admission, so you guys just got to make your trip up there and then past that, just have a good time, listen to the conversations that we have, and uh, go and check yourself out some awesome cryptid art from uh, the Snarly You and all the other wonderful vendors that he's about to have at this awesome convention. So, uh, Moving on past that, of course, uh, if you guys aren't already following the show on social media, I highly recommend that you do if you want to get updates on anything new and interesting going on with the show, uh, more events like this, uh, new episode drops, anything like that. Uh, the one that I'm the most active on, of course, is Instagram. Uh, everything trickles off of Instagram onto the Facebook, but that's definitely a good place to go and follow the show and get updates too. And if you guys want to bounce into some chat rooms and have some awesome conversations with some like-minded individuals, you guys can always go and check out the Open Minds Media Discord or Telegram. The Discord, of course, we're always still constantly building up, always willing to take some new suggestions in order to make it so that more people are interacting over there. And uh, anybody that wants to pop in, don't feel like you can't talk. I'd love to see all of you guys interact. And if you guys have any suggestions, again, on how to improve everything, I'm all ears and I would love to hear them. Uh, the Telegram, not as active, but it's a good place to definitely get updates on anything new going on, uh, just like the Instagram or the Facebook, because I know some people don't like having those. So you know, if you at least have a Telegram account, you guys can go and check that out over there there. 
And uh, if you guys want to check out some of the new video content stuff I'm going to be building up and working on, uh, currently the YouTube and the TikTok uh, are full of clips for the show uh, with a question, points of interest of the show. Uh, so if you guys want to share episodes of the show, but you don't think somebody's going to listen to a full hour, two hours, you guys can definitely share those couple minute clips that you'll see over on YouTube or TikTok. But expanding past that, um, like I was mentioning on the last couple episodes, I recently got a GoPro. So there will be a lot more video content coming up as far as um, like this presentation that we're going to be doing at the Snarly Use uh, Crypted Festival and Halloween Craft Show. Uh, that will be eventually up on the YouTube, of course. And uh, any new investigations that I do, be it squatching, be it paranormal investigations, uh, there'll be a lot more video content coming up. So just make sure you guys keep your eyes over there and figure out what's going on over there. And uh, if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, whether you're an author, researcher, spiritual teacher, hypnotherapist, experiencer, uh, contactee, cryptozoologist, uh, open-minded individual, any of that kind of stuff. I want to sit down. I want to have a conversation with you. So don't hesitate to shoot me a message because I'd love to set something up and get you guys in the show. Even if you're a listener, uh, you like to research into something, uh, I'd love to, again, sit down and have a conversation with you. So don't think that that's exclusively held to all these different people that have titles, so to speak, because that isn't necessarily always the case. I definitely love doing listener episodes where I have you guys come on. I've got to do a handful of those, but again, uh, it's one of those things that is going to happen unless you guys shoot me a message first because I see all the numbers, but I don't necessarily necessarily know your guys' faces. So if it sounds like something you guys are interested in, shoot me a message. We'll set something up. Uh, you guys can always do that through emailing me at increaseofourrealitypodcast.outlook.com or you guys can shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, Telegram, Discord. Instagram is the one I'm the most fa most active on, of course. So that'd be the number one spot to shoot me a message. Or you guys can always go to the link tree, fill the submission form, and that will go directly to my email. Uh, make sure you guys check your spam or junk folders. Make sure nothing gets missed because I do respond to every single message that I get from you guys. Because if you guys take the time to shoot me a message, the least I can do, of course, is respond to you guys because I appreciate all you guys for being out there listening and interacting with the show. And uh, if you guys can't get enough of the stuff that I do, you guys can always go and check out Bizarre Encounters, which is the other show that I was just mentioning that I do with my awesome co-host, Oren. Uh, over there, you'll get deep dives into cryptids, um, UFO news, different uh, paranormal stuff. We're kind of we're kind of all over the range as far as uh, Bizarre Encounters go. Uh, we talk about a lot of influential, bizarre figures, I guess you could say too. Oren does a lot of awesome research over there as far as that kind of stuff goes. Uh, we do also do interviews over there. Uh, we do a couple different little side things. It's always something fun and interesting going on over there. We, uh, you know, really get into the topics, but at the same time, we make some jokes along the way. So it's a really fun show to do. So I hope you guys have just as much fun listening to it as I have producing it for you guys. And uh, if you guys want to check out everything that I do all in one place, you guys can always go and check out the Open Minds Media pages. I have that on Facebook and Instagram, of course. And there, instead of getting updates for one specific show, you'll get a little bit of everything and know what's going on as far as all the different work that I do. And as I progress into the future and start doing other things, that'll be even so a means over there for being able to keep tabs on everything that I'm doing. And uh, if you guys want to support the show, there's a couple different ways to do so. Number one, of course, is to join the awesome ranks of the Patreon members, such as Brandy, Brian, Floyd. Uh, there's a good handful of them. They're all awesome people. So over there, you'll get things such as early access to episodes, lives of episodes, live replays of episodes, which is the video format of each episode. Uh, you also get exclusive merch store discounts. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff going on over there. And if you guys have any suggestions for stuff you guys would like to see as far as the Patreon goes, uh, don't hesitate to shoot me a message because I definitely want to incorporate that to make it so that it's even better for you guys and you guys enjoy it more. And uh, over there, a little bit more bang for your buck. You don't just get one show. You get Increase Our Reality and Bizarre Encounters. So a little bit extra, pretty cool going on over there. And uh, 
if you guys want to donate to the show directly to make it so that I can get out to more conventions and make it so that I can interact with more of you guys, uh, you guys can always do so through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. Even if you simply want to, you know, buy me a coffee, for example, keep me awake while I'm doing some research for episodes and uh, editing some episodes for you guys. It's always a viable option. Anything always helps. And again, it makes it so that everything can go back into the show. I can make it so I can get out and do more stuff with you guys. I can update anything that needs to get done. Uh, I'm not trying to line my pockets with anything. I'm just trying to, uh, again, continuously progress the show and keep building it up because what I want to see the most is be able to see this show and all the different things that I do flourish first and foremost before anything, of course. And uh, you guys, number three, can go and check out the Open Minds Media merch store. Uh, there you'll find designs for this show and for Bizarre Encounters. And, you know, if you go and check out the Patreon, you become a Patreon member, you'll get exclusive merch store discounts to that merch store, and then you'll get yourself some discounts. So, you know, if you're going to do one, you might as well do both. Um, but if you just want to go and pick up a t-shirt, I appreciate it all the same. And uh, if you guys don't mind sending me a picture of you guys wearing any of the merchandise you guys buy, I would absolutely love to be able to repost it on the pages, show that there's love and support out there for the show. So that kind of stuff absolutely means the world to me. And if you guys can't support the show in any of those three ways, you guys can always interact in the communities, uh, review and rate the show, of course, uh, interact with the show, um, any of that, share the show. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways to be able to support podcasts without necessarily contributing anything you know, financially to them, of course. And that doesn't just go for this show. That goes for any podcast that you guys enjoy. Uh, even just shooting a podcast or a message saying like, hey man, I really enjoy your show. Uh, I think it's wonderful. It gets me through my work day, anything like that. I've seen a lot of really, really good shows go in the process of me doing this show. And the saving factor may have simply just been a message saying that somebody loved and appreciated their show. So if you guys understand how much work goes into a show, at least, you know, send a message to a podcaster and let them know that you enjoy the show because that type of stuff absolutely means the world to us. And uh, while we're talking about supporting other creators, you guys can always go and check out Joe over there at Crypto Theology. That guy produces some of the coolest crypto designs that I've ever seen. Uh, he recently put on Squonkapalooza. He's a big help and a big contributing factor to the community. So in any way, shape, or form that you can, go and show Joe some love because he definitely deserves it. And he puts a lot of hard work into all the stuff that he does, just the same as any podcaster, or anybody else in the cryptid and or open-minded uh, community, I guess you could say. And uh, everything that I mentioned, all available under the link tree if you guys want to go and check it out. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, hypnotherapist Rachel Horton White. How is it going today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. I'm hanging in there. Just got off work not too long ago. So I mean, I'm content. I'm in my comfort zone. I'm in my studio. That's that's where I always want to be, of course. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, cool. So uh, for anybody that may not be familiar with your work or who you are, uh, why don't you kind of give them a, a rough idea about who you are and what you do beyond hypnotherapist and even explain that for people that may not be familiar with that. Yeah. So I call myself a lot of different things. Uh, one of the things I, oh, I call myself is an intuitive counselor. I actually started out as a life coach which there's so many people doing life coaching these days that I now I don't even really do that really much anymore. Um, so I also do Akashic Records readings. That's probably more, I do that more than anything else, which I learned about five years ago. Um, and I do, like you said, I do hypnotherapy for people, helping them kind of 
connect in with the subconscious and clear away. I do a lot of inner child work and past life regression and something called life between life regression, where you take people into the spirit realm and they meet their soul group and connect with their council of elders and all kinds of interesting things. Um, but it's, it's a lot of deep work. It's pretty deep, intense, like healing trauma work. Um, but all of it is connected. You know, I, I think of it, I don't say this to everybody that I work with, but I think it is I'm helping people awaken, helping them clear their third eye, clear out all kinds of the gunk that's blocked them from knowing who they are as divine beings um, helping them just, you know, ascend, really move into that, move in the fullest expressions of their light bodies and who they really are. And I do it through all those things. <laughs> so uh, I'd love to dig into each one of those things individually, but uh, just to get another good starting point, uh, what got you interested in doing this kind of work? Was it like experiences when you were a kid or was it something that you kind of fell into? I actually got started into this work because I didn't know what else to do. I was very just stuck and miserable in my job, <laughs> in my old career, which was in social services. I was in nonprofits, uh, managing, managing programs anyway. But I think I had always had been in, like intuitive and had interesting, like weird things happen. Um, dreams that would come true, deceased people, um, that I knew in my family that would come to my, into my dreams and, and would tell me to tell people things. My mom's pretty intuitive and she had all kinds of interesting psychic experiences growing up, but she, some of them were scary. And so she had told me, you know, don't do that stuff. You know, I'd always been interested in tarot since I was a teenager and I would, I taught myself how to read tarot and she was like, you know, you know, that's black magic. Don't do any of that. So anyway, of course I, I don't believe that, but, um, so, yeah, I mean, I always had that sort of beneath the surface of who I was, but it was always just hidden until I was, um, I just, you know, I was married. I got married to my husband, thank goodness, had my first child, my son, Aaron, who's now 11. And then my daughter, when I was pregnant with her, it was around the time I was still working like a pretty much 40 hour week job. And I was just miserable. I was grinding my teeth at night, like just angry, crying, you know, just really a mess. <laughs> and uh, I just, my, our babysitter at the time, she's like, you need to hire this woman who's a life coach and she'll help you like figure out what to do with your life. And I was like, well, I have no idea what that is, but I don't care. Cause she said her daughter did it and quit her job the next day. And so I was like, I, I will do that. And so I did. And she, the life coach was kind of spiritual. So she said, start meditating again, start connecting with something higher than yourself. And, and I did. And that's when I started waking up like going through this awakening and that was in 2016. And then I was kind of guided, I guess, to start this business and, you know, started out by doing a lot of meditation workshops and I don't, I'd become interested in Buddhist meditation over the years anyway. Um, but then I was kind of guided even further down the rabbit hole to hypnotherapy, to Akashic records readings. Part of my story is also in my grand, both my grandfathers were in the CIA. Oh, which, wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's a whole, I mean, I don't talk about that as much in my business, but my one grandfather, I've been talking about it more and more recently. Cause I think, I mean, it, it's part of how I woke up. Um, he, his name's Ralph McGee. He, he was my mom's father and he was, a, became a whistleblower, wrote, wrote a book called deadly deceits, just, you know, kind of exposing all the lies of the U S government and all the propaganda in Vietnam. And, um, and I knew about this my whole life that my, you know, I called him Papa, like he did all this stuff and he had this, he was always in his basement, like 
right, uploading stuff, you know, and I did, and he didn't really have any friends because he was totally blacklisted because of he was speaking out, but I knew what he was doing was important. And then as I got older, I really started understanding what he was doing and the price he paid for doing that. Um, anyway, and so that I think this is in my blood, <laughs> I guess that's what I'm getting at is to help, you know, kind of bring light to people in a maybe different way than he was doing it. Um, but I feel like part of, you know, ultimately it took me a long time in my life to get to the place where I'm living. What I believe is, you know, one of my biggest purposes is to help people wake up, you know, and I try to do it and in, in not the way, same way he was, because I don't want to scare people too much and, you know, make them too angry, <laughs> but like, you know, like being told, Hey, you're adopted or there's no Santa Claus or something like that. Like that can be too much, you know, for people to hear, but instead it's a more gradual process of like bringing in light and connecting in with your heart and really just going through that process of, of, you know, starting to meditate and, and connecting with light is what I try to do with people to help them activate who they are, you know, they're all their inner abilities, which have been hidden from us for thousands of years, as you know, for a mm -hmm. lot of different reasons to help keep us in control, to keep us asleep. So that's kind of, that's like the larger version of, of what I do. And, and anyway, so I finally took me a long time, but now I'm, you know, I, I do that in different ways. And um, yeah, it's been a process to get there. It's been an interesting journey, but it's, it's, it's who I, I guess it's, it's what I was meant to do, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's in your blood. I mean, there's two definitely exactly. two different ways to say things. And some people appreciate that like uh, standard conspiracy theorist kind of idea where they're trying to wake people up by stating the facts. And some people just have to get into it and be eased into it a little bit softer. I mean, imagine where he would have been at if the internet is what it is now versus what it was back then. Because half the time, it's yeah. like a lot of people that are in our community in general, we're so far away. If it wasn't for the internet doing shows like this, we really wouldn't be able to connect yeah. with each other. And we'd all just kind of be sitting alone and yeah. just feeling like we can't talk to anybody because of just being aware and awake to things. And on top of that too, it's like once you start noticing things around you, it's hard to know if somebody's has that same level of understanding. So it's like, even so like besides being on these types of shows, you kind of have to like dance around it with certain people and just kind of feel that you can't say certain things to certain people because they may not react to it properly, or it may just not be their time to wake up to it yet. I mean, a lot of the people who have yeah. uh, been around doing this stuff for a while, I feel like they were the ones that were kind of like hard impacted into it. Like from the message, like your grandpa would have kind of portrayed and a lot of people that are kind of the ones that are a little bit left over, so to speak, they kind of need that that softer push. But it's still kind of a weird time that you had your awakening right before the whole big, big pandemic yeah. and everything happened, too, because it's like you started noticing everything around you. And then all of a sudden that hit. And that was just, I'm sure, just like a complete shell shot, like just overload shock. Like you just didn't even know how to react to it. And I, I, I feel like 90, most of us didn't know how to react to it at yeah. all. I mean, I knew it was complete nonsense from the beginning, but I also, I think I did, I did know it was all leading towards a vaccine. Like I knew that I said that to my husband, like, this is all for, they're going to do masks and they're going to do this. And it's all about that. And then, and it's this whole larger thing anyway. But yeah, I, it, I feel bad for people who were waking up in the past three years. Cause it's so much to like, it's like, boom, like getting, you know, having like a big boulder dropped on your head or something like 
because it's, I had a little more time to like ease into it and start asking questions and start connecting the dots. But like you said, I learned the hard way for, with lost friendships with, you know, things like that. We're telling people things, this is pre pre COVID, you know, trying to like red pill them. And then they'd be like, Especially when it's a friend and somebody you care about. It's like you want to do it not to like scare them, but just so that they understand. And if they just reject the message, it's really, really hard to like lose a close friend because they just don't understand your perspective and you kind of don't understand their perspective either, you know, about how they can just close their eyes and just look the other way to everything. (laughs) And that, you know, and I think from a higher perspective, I know that, like you said, they're just weren't ready to hear it. You know, it's not their time. It's not in their soul contract at that moment to awaken in that way. And if anything, it's, it's like, and that's where we, a lot of us saw when, when we, especially during, you know, pandemic, when you were trying to say to somebody like, don't listen or this isn't right. This isn't true. You know? And, and like, it's like the metaphor of what did I, what did I, I saw this. Somebody said this to me somewhere once it's like running into a burning building and trying to tell somebody the building's on fire. And not only do they not believe you, but they're punching you in the face. Yep. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, that's pretty much how it felt. So, you know, I, cause I thought naive, like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm helping them. I'm going to just sound the alarm and this is what's really going on and don't trust them and don't do, you know, and, and, and I didn't realize like how deep the programming was <laughs> and how intensely fearful, like what fear can do to people. I, I didn't, I didn't understand the deep, how deep it was. I, I was kind of shocked actually. I was like, what? Like people are falling for this? Like, how is this happening? <laughs> I was completely anyway. shocked too. Like I didn't like at my work that I used to work at, I really thought that people were going to understand and see it. And as soon as everything started happening, I realized very quickly that I was the only one that was pushing against it. And I was just like, it's so hard to do when you're the only one doing it. And it's like, you're still going to continue to do it and you're going to get all the backlash for it. But it's just like, if everybody would have just been a united front through everything, it would have never gotten to where it's at, where it was. And then we wouldn't be on the verge of, I'm sure you've kind of noticed there's like a buildup where I think that they're going to try to push another whole thing coming soon. And it's slowly building up. And it's just like, I feel like there's definitely a lot more people awake now than there was before, but I still don't feel like it's enough, you know, because even if it's, 40%, 30%, 40%, 30%, like there's still the other 60, 70% that's on top of those ones. And that's, what's going to end up overriding it where there are the people that are strong willed and they're going to fight their way all the way through it. But then there's the other people that are going to have their opinions, but they're going to still play along with it because they don't want to be outcasted by the rest of everybody else. Even if they don't believe mm-hmm. in it, like there's mm-hmm. a lot of people I know that I was saying this for a while, even the people that got the fake um, vaccine yeah. passports, Like they, you didn't get it. Yes. So you were doing what you want to do in your own head, but you're still feeding into the system. So as far as they're concerned, you got it and you played into the system and you're not helping the rest of everybody that's trying to make a stand, even though you took your stand because on paper, you still got it. (laughs) Exactly. I would say that I know people that did that too. And I said, you're, you're participating and what they're, yeah, I know I said the same thing, but a few of them had like, oh, my daughter wants to stay in college. I'm like, yeah, I get it. You know, that's hard, but, um, I have a lot of respect yeah, I, for the people that like in the medical facility, medical uh, yeah. industry that just walked out and left. Like that's, Oh yeah. I, like that's, that was insane to me that, that how many people actually did that? Like I have a lot of yeah. respect for those people. <laughs> I know a, a bunch of them. Cause that happened in Maine. We, we, we have a very special leadership here in Maine who can't like 
ridiculous laws, including that. So I know people who it takes such courage. I have such respect for them. They're just like the ultimate heroes. I know one woman who was like, and caring for people who were very sick and then they fired her, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> thanks a lot. You know, anyway, but, you know, so I feel like in terms of, uh, people in their awakening. I thought a lot about this, as you can imagine, because in my own state of hot cognitive dissonance, you know, like how is this, how, and I, you know, just the whole mind control and what happens with the mind. And as a hypnotist myself, I understand that this was mass hypnosis in a bad way. Right. It's like, it's like the, it's very, you know, the power of the fear of death, you know, the fear of being the only one ostracizing people, like excluding, like all these playing upon people's worst fears is where, how this all, you know, came to play. But I've also realized, like you said, like my approach with people, I like clients I work with individually. And then, you know, I, I lead some groups and stuff and do stuff on social media, whatever, um, is trying to, I try, I'm trying to come in through the back end of it now. It's like, Okay, instead of trying to tell you something you're not ready to hear, which could potentially make you shut down, which I've had happen to me, I learned the hard way, like I said, you know, I say like, well, this is what's happening. And then they hear those to hear a trigger word. And then they go into fight or flight, or they just go into like, no, you know, the instant like triggered, you know, uh, programmed reaction. And then they shut down everything that you have to say from there. And so I've tried to take a different approach like, okay, I won't. I'll allude to things, but not say like certain words like vaccine, you know, or whatever that will trigger that person into just rejecting the message. But then, but instead like trying to help them start to question things. Like it's really just about questioning things and questioning, like questioning what you're told, you know, turning off the news, (laughs) like simple steps that a lot of people can be like, yeah, okay, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. And and then not taking to that point of where they hear that, you know? And so anyway, I, I haven't, I've seen, I've seen it. Some hope <laughs> I've seen, I've seen some awakening happen in some people, but it's very, very slow. And like you said, I think um, for others, they're not going to awaken in this lifetime. And in fact, they're choosing to exit their bodies they are like, Nope, I'm done. You know, I'm out. <laughs> Those are the they, NPC they, type people, I guess. They just, they couldn't handle it. So they the just, NPCs. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or it's like in there, just not in their soul contract. It's like they, they're not here for the ascension. They're not here to move into 5D. They, they've done as much as they can do in this life. And so they're, they're out, you know, but I think I do feel like I'm trying to have a more like hopeful perspective now. Cause I, I feel like the way the media portrays it, you know, like the wokeness and all that, like that, as if as if everybody supports the like the crazy like kind of woke agenda, which is you know we all see that. A lot of people that I talk to, and I come from a very like progressive Democratic family, of which I'm really not anymore. But you know, I had a lot of my friends are in that, and so I talked to some of them still, and I ask them like, "What do you think about this?" And like, "Yeah, I don't know about that." Like even they asking questions about some of that. So I feel like it's not like what we're seeing in the media from is only like representing like one very extreme side where most people do not feel that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, even in so, general, I mean, there's such a hard right and such a hard left now. Exactly. That people have yeah. a, either they're all in or they can't do either. So there's just a lot more people that are in the middle now and realize that 
things yes. should have never been split into a two-party system because you need that give exactly. and take back and forth that some ideas are good from this area, some ideas are good for that area, but realistically, both of them have their own agenda and the good spot is meeting in the middle. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Totally. And that's where I'm at. Exactly. It's like, the, you know, and that's what the, but that's been the plan is to divide and distract, right? Like keep them divided and then they, we can be controlled. Um, there's so much that actually, this is why these, po- this could be a three hour podcast because there's so much of like <laughs> where this came from, you know, like why, and actually I'm starting to get, talk about this more. I, I facilitate this group called the New Earth Collective and it's like a monthly membership group. Anyway, we meet few times a month. And we just had this um, uh, group meeting just the other day. And there was this book I was telling them about called by this guy named, I think it's Bill Frizzell. The Everything in this book is false, but it's all true or something. I'm getting the title wrong, but it's based on the book. It's based on the works of Drunbelo Melchizedek, which maybe, I don't know if you know who he is, but it's the book is The Ancient Seeker of the Flower of Life. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I do. Yeah, I've heard of the book at least. I don't remember the name, but I know that book title. Yeah. And it, and it's just, you know, it, it's all, it's the book by Bill Frizzell. I really like it because it makes it, it puts it all, it's, it talks about sacred geometry and the Egyptians and different extraterrestrial interventions over the years and Lemuria and Atlantis and like all, you know, and he talks about the secret government, you know, like different in, and the ones who think they control things, you know, all he put, brings it all together and he talks about the Christed grid and like the, the ley lines that were built to kind of help everyone awaken or the, you know all the all the all the uh, sacred sites around the world that were anchoring in the ley lines to help people awaken. Anyway, it's just an excellent book. I highly recommend. But I guess my point is is that we're starting. I think more and more people are starting to really be curious about the truth of humanity. Like who 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 are we as humans? Where did we come from? Is the ape story really real? You know, mm-hmm. um, like all kinds of those questions. And I've seen that almost. Every, I mean, some people are like you know, aliens, I don't know about that, but more and more, you know, if, if you're, if you're not awake, maybe you wouldn't be, maybe it's still, you'd still have that feel of, Oh, that's kind of crazy and weird. But I, I found that more and more people are really starting to get curious and are open to hearing about Pleiadians and Arcturians and even, you know, the, the, ne- the, the lower vibrational intervening extraterrestrial consciousness, which are responsible for a lot of this, right? Like for the, the fear and the the way our emotions have been used against us to keep us asleep and in control. Creatures of many titles, reptilians, energy vampires, uh, the the elite elites. Yep. The Dracos, they they go by Mm -hmm. many names, but they definitely all fit into the same category. (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting because it's kind of hard to talk about that. I mean, it's not hard. It's getting easier to talk about it because I feel like it's, it's part of the story. It's like, you have to know what they're doing so you can protect yourself from it and not be pro continue to be programmed by it. Right. And that's what I'll say to people. Like, I'm not trying to say this to scare you, but just know when you're being manipulated, like try to be aware when you're, if you're watching something or listening to something that when you're actually they're they're use, they're putting words or vibrations in that are being used to control you. And it's fear and anger as you probably know. Oh yeah. Even just through music and stuff. Like I've talked about this a million times on the show that they even will disguise really negative, uh, like words, really negative ideas through happy poppy sounding music. So it's like, you think that you're elevating, but realistically you're actually getting put down because people will listen to songs, for example, and they don't actually like hear the words, even though they're singing and chanting them. And then even on the opposite side of that too, they'll have these just really, really low vibrational 
beats and different songs that just bring you down. They make you feel sad. And that's just what everybody's listening to all the time. And I hear this all the time that, you know, there's the whole thing with mental illness on the rise, but then you counteract it with the music and you listen to like what the average music is that people listen to now. And even like the happy poppy stuff, you listen to the words and it's not good, happy, positive stuff. Like it's just stuff that's intended to just to keep pushing people down and it makes people question things, but not in a good way. It makes people question things in the way of like, do I want to live this life anymore? Do I want to be around anymore? So it's instead of questioning yeah. like in a positive way about like how to elevate yourself and become better. Instead, they make you question even if you want to even exist in this reality, because every single song now is about, I mean, there's a lot of songs that are just about, oh, I don't want to feel the pain anymore. Let me take this drug. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, it's just all again, negative down vibrational things, even if yep. the beat itself sounds happy, like the words are still down. <laughs> yep. And it's not 432 hertz, right? It's like, it's like, it's like all this frequency that is designed to create agitation mm -hmm. and like mental anguish. And uh, I think I was listening as I was playing Bob Marley for my kids the other day. And I feel I was like, I think Bob Marley might've been one of the last, I mean, they still, people still create music in 432 hertz, but I feel like Bob Marley's music was, Almost all of that. I've heard that somewhere. Anyway. And it's all rebel it. music too. It was speaking out about yeah. the government. Like he was getting a message across, right. but in a happy way. Yeah. And it was in an elevated way. Like it's a totally yeah. different idea than what even like, uh, like modern reggae artists, they're kind of doing stuff on like a different pitch, a different vibration. It's a lot more like hip hoppy. And uh, yeah. in turn, like, you know, everybody likes, you know, hip hop, for example, they like the drums, they like the bass, but I've pointed this out to a few people is like, you listen to that it gets you what, what, like, how does it make you feel? And a lot of people use things like they'll say, Oh, it gets me hype. It gets me going. It gets me ready to go. And it's like, yeah, but when you do that, how do you feel on the inside? You feel agitated. That's why you, you want to, you want to mosh, you want to fight, you want to mess around. You want to just swing your arms around. It's cause it's, you may feel hyped up and amped up, but it's not in a positive way. Like you are subconsciously are angry. That's why you just want to throw your arms around and get angry and get and thrash around to the beat is because it's not projecting the message that you think it is on you. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, in a hopeful, in a hopeful way, when I go on the Akashic records, what I pick up on is just this peeling away energy that many of us are just going to are just disengaging from that reality. Cause that's like the 3d world that you're describing that unfortunately a lot of people are still plugged into is going to get more and more dystopian, like with AI and all this other like bizarre sort of, you know, things that are happening, which are, you know, it's really, you know, it, what it's taking away the humanity, right? Like removing the, the star with the mass it's going on to, some of the gender stuff is going on. It's like, it's like you're who having people not really understand who they are as a human anyway, but with that, and so that it's going to, I think it's going to get more and more dystopian, more and more bizarre. And, but more and more of us are going to be peeling away and just like living literally in alternate realities. You know, like I live in the woods and we're having a fall equinox potluck this Saturday. And like my kids, we homeschool my kids. You know, my husband and I don't, we both work for ourselves, you know, so we've like, we, we have totally unplugged from the matrix because we still pay taxes and whatever, go to the grocery store and whatever. But, but I feel like in many ways we've, you know, especially getting our kids out of the public school system, 
and we don't go to traditional doctors, you know, we see a naturopath and blah, 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 whatever, you know, we're not perfect, but we've tried to like do a lot of those things. And if people aren't, you know, just because you have your kids in public school, doesn't mean you're ruining them. And like, they're being programmed, just make sure that they know that all, you know, parents can do a lot to help their kids just question my kid, my son went to public school for a few years. And I realized that it was actually part of his soul contract to understand what it was like. He wanted to know what it was like from the inside and then he wanted to come out anyway. But I feel like that's, what's going to be happening more and more and more as people just remove, we're removing our energy from that and learning to just like be exists literally a different vibrational place. And it is like a pretty spiritual one, you know, connecting and raising our consciousness and, meditating and then being developing these abilities like telepathically communicate and anyway so but it's it's still been it's always going to be i think for most of our lifetimes it's still going to be there we're going to see the craziness out there and we we do need to protect ourselves from it that's kind of where i'm at i've been uh doing it's like online homeschool with my daughter for a while and i mean she still talks to like a teacher she does it for like two hours a day like once in the morning once in the afternoon and stuff but just because it's so minimal, you can still keep that idea to just question things in them to begin with. Yes. Because at least yeah. for me, I mean, like kind of like you said, sometimes you really have to see it from the inside in order to really understand like what mm-hmm. everybody's talking about. But you yes. just have to do what you can to try to make sure that they keep that open mind and they question things that don't make sense to them. So just for all the parents out there that have their kids in just normal public school, they're worried about them, for example, because I know a lot of my show, I talk about how I homeschool my kids. Again, it's like, you know, I completely went through public school. It's just a matter of keeping that spark alive and doing everything you can to keep that questioning spark alive for your kids because a lot of the construct of what school is intended to do is to break you down to fit in with everybody. That's why they set you up to basically go work in a factory. You work when the bells go, uh, kids get bullied, um, when they don't fit in with everybody else. But now it's kind of like this weird flip where we're back when we were in school, somebody was really, really weird and they would get bullied to kind of fit in with the crowd. And now the idea is that like anybody that kind of has those old views and ideas, they're the ones that get bullied in order to fit in with the new woke ideas for stuff. So it's like, if you're not okay with all of the new woke stuff, then you're a bigot, you're this, you're that. Like, you can't just have that typical, like, old school method of thinking where you just want to live your life and not be bothered and not deal with all this weird stuff that realistically, like, doesn't make any sense if you really break it down to its finer points. Um, Like, one thing, for example, that I like to kind of throw out is that there was body dysmorphia. That definition of that was anybody that wasn't comfortable in their own body and they felt the need to change it. And they kind of geared it as, um, I guess you could say a mental illness for lack of better terms. But after this whole woke movement, they changed that definition to specifically just be talking about like somebody that has, um, like body weight rather than their body Mm -hmm. as a whole so that they could take away this new whole woke transgender idea away from that because they're trying to gear it where it's not necessarily like a mental illness, but realistically, like if you're uncomfortable in your own body, um, I mean, I think it's a little bit deeper than the fact that, you know, you were whatever on the inside and this is what you feel like. Um, you know, I feel like 
there's just there's something way deeper to that and that needs to be understood before this whole idea gets pushed down the line because a lot of kids will just instantly say oh i feel this way and everybody yeah. around them is told to just kind of push them in that direction like yeah let them do it let them do it let them do it instead of actually yeah. just sitting down and saying like why do you feel this way why do you think that you're uncomfortable in your body was there something that happened that you feel like um you know you're not a man or you're not a woman like there's, I don't feel like there's enough back and forth communication to the point of why it's just a matter of great. You're so wonderful. You should do that. Keep going. And yeah. there's just, there's not enough of that internal figure out what's the root cause of it for a lot of people. And a lot of people right. later on in life, they'll end up getting it and then they'll flip their mind again and then they'll change it. And then they'll never be comfortable in their body again because a lot of that stuff's irreversible and at that point Absolutely. too, you can't reproduce anymore. Um, so you just, you know, they'll, they'll start doing like the hormone blockers for kids at a really young age when, I mean, let's be realistic. Like nobody knows what they want to do. Even when you're 18, you don't know what you want to do. Exactly. But yep. something like that is so permanent that now you can never reproduce again because this stuff messed up your internal function for things. Like, yep. you know, if you have to be 18 to get a tattoo, I don't get why you shouldn't at least have to be 18 to even consider doing any of this stuff. Like it doesn't make any sense. If that isn't the case, then, you know, at the age of 10 or whenever they're trying to do all this other stuff for kids, they should be able to get a tattoo too. Right. If they feel that strongly that they can chemically alter themselves, why can't they put something on their skin that theoretically would be easier to remove because you can get tattoo removal. So interesting. I have never thought of that. Right. <laughs> you know, and the prefrontal cortex is not fully developed until the age of 25. So like, and you know, I, I think about things I was doing when I was a teenager, I did a lot of things, stupid things, you know, like we all, you know, dabble in different drugs and, you know, like just the things that I would jump off bridges and like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I did some stuff that could really literally got me killed. And it just, anyway, but because I didn't have that ability to make full rational decisions. And yes, I, I also am very concerned about what's happening with children because of what you, like what you said, that it's, um, they, you know, and I think with teens, I think what I, what happens is there's this sort of desire to, to fit in and to be happy. Like often, you know, I was pretty, I was relatively depressed as a teenager who isn't, you know, I went through public school. It's all like the hormone I balancing, like back yeah, and forth, I, I think everybody's depressed as a teen. <laughs> right. I didn't like it. And it's like, what it was going to, a lot of people think like, what's going to make me happier? Well, if I move to California or if I just do this, or if I listen to this music, if I get a boyfriend or girlfriend, if I change my body, if I change my gender, then I'll be happy, gender, then I'll be happier. You know, and I think that's where, like you said, it's permanent. A lot of that stuff is permanent. It's very, it's, it's very risky and it's, it's tragic and heartbreaking in my mind to see what's happening to some of these poor kids. Um, and I think the fear of the parents is often just, they don't, they want to be perceived as being open-minded. Mm -hmm. And so they're afraid to say, you know, mm, really, is this what's best for you? Like maybe wait till you're, 25 you know or wait till you're like an adult and then if you still want to do it fine whatever but um the other thing that i think is so there's that i do think it's interesting like from a as a hypnotherapist i do a lot of past life work with people and i've i really do feel at some level not everybody in this case but i feel at some level people feel like that they are used so often we reincarnate as one gender more than another like I've been a woman most of my lives, I believe. There's been a few lives where I've been a man just to learn what it was like. But often we we choose to reincarnate in, in one gender because we're, you know, we're more comfortable with that gender. But 
for balance and understanding, we often choose the opposite thing to learn a little more about ourselves. So somebody who is born into a male's body, but has been a female in many lives may really feel like they're a female because that's what they're used to. But <laughs> their soul chose the male body for a very specific reason to learn from. So, you know, I've had some debates with people who say, well, you know, because from this higher perspective, I don't know if you thought about this way, uh, you know, it's like their body was chosen for a reason. And so it's in their soul contract, you know, what was written before they incarnated, you know, what they wanted to work on in terms of lessons was to learn about being in a different sort of body than they're used to, a different gender. And I've had some people say, well, what if it was in their soul contract to change their gender and to learn from that experience in their life. You know what I mean? Like, what if that was part of their, and so, and here's the thing. I don't know if you think about this or if anybody else thinks about it this way, but I really believe that, you know, we have in life, like we have two forces kind of coming in, like there's our soul contract. So there's things that are like fate, destiny, you know, things that just happen. Like we're born into a certain body or we have parents who are, we're born into an abusive family or we're born with a disability or things like that. Like that's written in, it's been planned. It's been predetermined. Our deaths are planned. Our deaths are predetermined. Major things like major accidents. It's all written in as part of our life plan. But then we have this other side, which is free will. And that's where, you know, what we're talking about here is like, we can say like, okay, yeah, I have all this stuff written in my plan, but I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to make a choice because we have the ability to make to, with free will as humans to do, to completely ignore all the roads, <laughs> all the signs point to me in a certain direction. And I'm not going to learn the lessons. I'm going to refuse to do it, which we can. And so, you know, suicides, unfortunately, it's breaking the soul contract. We're just going to have to do it all over again because we just, you know, that we left early is in my belief. Some people don't totally believe that, but anyway, um, so that's what I think. That's where I think some of this free will, these free will choices are coming in is, you know, it's, is it really aligned with this person's soul, soul growth or are they being very led astray and then they're going to have to redo it <laughs> in the next life. You know what I mean? I mean, there's definitely two perspectives of that same thing that you just said. And it is something that I've definitely contemplated too. I mean, there's the side of it too, that, you know, maybe, it is a progression that's intended to happen. I don't know, even if it's not with aligning with my beliefs, like maybe it's something that's intended to happen. But on the other side of it too, maybe there are people that this is part of their soul contract to do it, to show the negative consequences on why mm. theoretically we're like not supposed to do it. Because, yeah. you know, that's never going to come up unless people go through this. So some people's journeys might just be to go through this in order to, show the result of going through it, you know, whether yep. it's negative or positive, you're, you're going to need that counterbalance in order to be able to understand and progress even more. It's kind of like a concept I talk about all the time that in order for there to be, I'm not saying one side specifically good or bad, but you need bad in order to have good and you need good in order to have bad. Otherwise everything's neutral. So you need to have this conflict through life in order to progress. Otherwise nothing will ever progress because there's no reason to. So maybe yeah. again, it's progressing in the way that this becomes a thing that we're supposed to do, or maybe it's mm -hmm. coming from the perspective of it's something that we're not supposed to do, but some people have to live that life in order to 
be able to, to understand that. And like one thing I always throw on it is that at least as far as like homosexuality, like you definitely see that in nature. There are animals that do mm-hmm. do that besides humans in nature. Um, on the other side of it too, um, I've kind of been contemplating this idea and whether or not like transgenderism might be seen in nature. And there's mm-hmm. definitely animals that do transition naturally in nature when it's needed in order to be able to keep like a breeding population sustained. So my kind of view on it is that if it was something that humans were intended to do, it would be something that we'd be able to do naturally, like everything else that does this in nature, such as like, you don't just, you know, go and get a surgery and instantly become homosexual. It's something that you're born with. It's something that Mm -hmm. you naturally feel. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. as far as this kind of stuff goes, maybe it's a later on adaptation, like I said, because Mm -hmm. we are getting to a point where I know that there's a lot of loneliness between men and women because men are definitely outnumbering women. So a lot of guys, I feel um, are interested in doing a transition in order to be able to find a significant other because the numbers are so out of balance. Wow. But maybe again, it's an adaptation that needs to develop naturally, but at least the process and the way that we're doing it currently, I don't believe is the way, if that is theoretically ever supposed to happen, that it's intended to happen because it's because again, it naturally that would happen so that a breeding population can be sustained. But the way that we're doing it as humans, it makes it so that you aren't able to reproduce. So it's not do serving the purpose that it would naturally serve in nature for other species. Really interesting. That's so interesting. I had not thought of it that way. I was thinking about this for a couple hours today, just popping in my (laughs) head. And I was like thinking about just like, are there animals that naturally transition? And I thought that there is a good handful, but it's again, that's, there's a reason for it in order to keep nature alive because at the root of everything, the cause of, I don't want to say the meaning of life because the meaning of life I feel is experience, but life needs to progress in order for there to be life. So if you start coming up with ends where you're not able to continue on life, then it's not you're not it's not serving its natural purpose because the right. intention is that things are going to be able to progress. If you just cap everything off and everything dies off, then it's not something that's good for society or for that species. Otherwise, they're just going right. to end up extincting themselves in the process. Right. Yeah. Definitely. I think you know. It. I think a lot of it does come down to, like you said, the learning of that individual person. Like what every, cause everybody's different. Like some person say, this is what I'm supposed to be doing and supposed to be learning other person. It's like, no, you actually been very much led astray and it's actually really sad, you know, and you're going to have to redo a lot of your life in the next life. Cause you made some mistakes that are unfortunately serious mistakes. Mm. Um, and you know, and then I think there's also, I'm trying to, I'm like losing my train of thought here. Oh no, you're good. <laughs> um, you know, I think, so in every life, you know, we, we come into each life with things we're like working on, you know, like I am working on, I don't know, forgiveness. That was something that was like a theme that came up for me or self-love or self-acceptance. And, um, and I think, oh, I know what I was gonna say, but I'll come back to that in a minute. But I think that's part of it too. Like the soul lessons each person are working on in is, is a part of it. But the thing I was thinking before, cause I've been thinking a lot about this, about this with AI and, you know, things that, and how that's kind of coming into everything. And I, I, my initial reaction was like, this is no, like at all. I have not, nothing to do with it. But then I was, you know, and I still don't, I still want nothing to do with it, but, <laughs> but I had some people who are pretty awake, some friends who were like, 
Well, but what if you can use it for light? And I'm still skeptical on that. But you know, I think about like Facebook and Instagram and some of these like social media things, Amazon, you know, maybe not Amazon, but Facebook at least. I don't really like it. I know they're spying us. I know who's behind it. I know there's all this censorship, but I've used it and it's very, and it's successfully to connect with a lot of people, you know, and it's kind of like the internet. It's like, there's a lot of like really nasty, horrible things out there on the internet, but it's allowing us like you and me and people listening to connect in these really amazing ways. So I guess what I'm getting at is I think in like, with some exceptions, some of these things are they're not purely good and not purely bad, but then there's, but there's gray in between. You know, I have, I have some, I have some feelings about that with like mass, for instance, like, I don't, I honestly think that they're just bad. You know, like, There's nothing good about it, but that's also me. I was so triggered by it because I'm almost positive that I had I've had bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly. When you place your first wager at bet MGM, simply download the bet MGM app and sign up using code champion 150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wagers outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I know I've had past lives where I was like literally, you know, like, you know, like suffocated and drowned and buried alive. And so it was very triggering for me to feel like somebody was, you know, trying, I was being suffocated, you know? Um, but, you know, but, but for us uh, with that, but maybe that's an exception, but then again, like maybe for me, like I was meant to go through this negative experience to then in which I didn't really that much, but like occasionally to then like transmute that past life trauma to rise above it, to kind of experience again, but not be so triggered. If you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, there's so many different, I think what I'm getting at is like what I, and when I, I get my information on the Akashic records a lot, like I go in the Akashic records and like, what's going on, what's happening. Are, the, are these, I worry about the children more than anybody else, like with what some what's being injected into a lot of these young children. And one of the, and that's a whole other thing, you know, and what I'll look at is what they'll show me is like, well, the human body is, very resilient. There's a lot of the ability that the body to cleanse, like the body's always trying to like rid itself of toxins and there's light that's always, you know, coming through and, and that that's a lot of people that's going to be happening and other, and some people it won't be happening. And I think that's what comes And Some people will get very sick as we've seen, unfortunately, but maybe that was part of their soul contract, you mm -hmm. know, like maybe in that. And then, and so it's like, there's a lot of black and white. I mean, there's a lot of gray and not as much black and white as we may think in a lot of these areas. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's really interesting. It's kind of like magic in the aspect that it, nothing's inherently good or bad. It's about the intention behind them. I mean, particularly Absolutely. like you were talking about with technology, it's not 
the technology itself is just a tool. It's how you use the tool that makes the difference. It's almost like even yeah. a gun, for example, because I know that one's kind of a triggering thing I can throw out here is that it can yeah. be used as a tool to hunt or it can be used as a weapon to hurt a group of people. It's not yeah. that that item itself is inherently good or evil. It's all about the intention of the person using it. And I also want to bring up the whole thing, too, with the Akashic Record and um, past lives, too, on how they interact with your current life. And I think that the intention behind that is that you're supposed to build back and forth so that you can get to a specific spot of understanding of reality when you're in a certain spot. Like, uh, just a prime example. Um, so I've only done one past life regression, and I did, it, it, I'm assuming it would have been like the one before I'm at currently. And pretty much the idea with it was that something happened to my daughter and I was spending my entire life basically abandoning the rest of my family, trying to reconnect with my daughter in the afterlife. And so mm. I feel that because of the way that I handled stuff in that life, that's what made it so that I'm try so hard to be the family guy who's present in this life. And in turn, it fell at that perfect spot where all of this crazy stuff's going on and I have that protector mentality of my family. So it's like certain lives are supposed to line up at specific times and the past life plays off into the current life so that you can interact in the current life as it's needed to be in that current life. But you wouldn't be acting that way if it wasn't for these subliminal things that are in the back of your head that you're not really aware of until they get brought into the forefront on how you, why you're acting the certain ways you do until you do these past life regressions. Then you realize that it's like, this back and forth yin yang idea that like, mm -hmm. you know, your, your negative things that you didn't do great in this life or what you try to fix in the next life. And then the negative things that you did in that life, trying to fix the last things you did in that life are the next things you do in this life. And it's just this constant building back and forth through things. And yeah. I definitely got to do another past life regression because I only did the one back, but I'm, I'm always fascinated with that whole concept. <laughs> yeah. And I think often with, um, the, like, that could have been the most recent life. I mean, it's, it'd be interesting if you picked up on the time period. Do you know like the time period? I was a Viking. So that kind of gives like a rough area. So I would say that's probably not your most recent life. You probably have, cause that was like a long, you know, that was thousands of years ago. So I'd say that was probably the most, that could have been the source of some of, you know, that could have been when it first started. But um, I mean, it could have been your most recent life, but that like, it's the most, probably one of the most significant ones that were like your, your, you know, your guides wanted to show you when I first did a past life regression, I was like this peasant woman in a village in England and just had all these kids and I was just really poor and mean and nasty and negative. <laughs> and it was interesting. I think at that time in my life, I was me, I was in a negative space, you know, this is before I started doing any of this work and I needed to see that life because she needed to be healed. She was really bitter and, and uh, I had to like help her integrate. But yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've done a lot of different past life regressions for people. I picked up on a lot of my different past lives and I've, I've seen a few different things happen. One where it's like you that we we repeat the same sort of thing over and over in each of our past lives. I'll speak about myself. I've had a number of past lives where I was persecuted, where I was like trying to teach people about something and then I was like run out of the village and drowned or stoned or like trampled like many times I was they were trying to kill me, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like at some point in that life, 
I was that somebody was trying to kill me. You get or, used to being the outcast in each of your yes. lives because you get pushed away from society yes. and you're just okay with it after a certain point. <laughs> right. Or it gets deep in your blood. I mean, there was one where I was teaching the children about like these magical fairies or something in this little village. And then my friends in that village and some of the people there thought I was doing this evil witchcraft stuff and like, you know, doing something to the children. They were, and they turned against me and, and that, has happened in this life, like where I felt people that I thought, you know, I were loyal friends just were like, no, we're done with you because I was sharing about what I thought about, you know, whole COVID thing. And, and, and that was, that was big, very triggering for me. Cause I had to be like, it's so, you know, they're not, I'm not being killed or anything, but it was the same sort of feeling, you know, but, but the difference is, is that in a bunch of those lifetimes, I like shrank into myself and I was like, well, I must be bad. And, I must have been doing something wrong. You know, why do they hate me so much? Like all that sort of shame. But in this life, I've worked really hard to not do that, to be like, it's okay. You know, they didn't know, you know, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. You know, I connect a lot with Jesus. He's one of my primary guides. And, um, and, you know, really connecting with that. Like, how do I rise above? How do I just not take it personally and just realize they're scared. They're just scared. And they didn't, they were, they were scared of something they were unfamiliar with. And even in this life, when I wrote this book, uh, the tools for the awakening soul book, it, it took, a, I had to actually do a lot of past life clearing to actually do that. I'd been thinking about that book for six years and it took me six years to finally get it out. Cause I, I had all this resistance. I would avoid, I think there was a year where I did nothing on it. Like literally didn't any do anything because I just, I was so stuck. It was just deep fear, you know, like, am I going to be safe if I do this? Is everybody going to turn against me again? You know, um, that's sort of like deep, deep stuff. So anyway, I think like we keep repeating, we keep, we, we choose the same sort of people or a lot of the same people to incarnate with a lot of our family members will switch roles. Like you be the mother this time. I'll be the sister. you be my brother. And now I'll be your father. You know, like we, we alternate roles, but we keep trying Again, like, all right, we didn't quite get it that right last time. So I'm going to be, I'm going to play this role where I'm really challenging you and you're not going to like me because I'm going to say all these mean things to you, but that's going to help you learn. And that's, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll say to people like this person, that's such a pain in your butt, you know, like whoever it is in your family, often they are one of your greatest teachers, you know, and they volunteered for this role anyway. So it's like, we keep repeating similar situations until we finally start to break the pattern. And this lifetime is when many of us are doing that because we have all these energies with us, you know, all these, these activations, there's the earth going into higher states of consciousness. Like this has been predicted, you know, the age of Aquarius, um, when we move, we start to awaken after the 26,000 year cycle. There's a lot more, I guess, <laughs> that as you probably know, but this, this is when we do it and we start to let go of that past life stuff and like fully step into our soul gifts too, which we also have in past lives. Like we've, I've seen this for clients, you know, people have been herbalists and they've got their foraging and they would help cure people of different mysterious things in their villages. Or they were always like, they were the medicine woman and they've had this gift in like many lifetimes. And they're finally, you know, clearing all their, you know, all their crap to start to actually, step into their soul gifts and so in a good way.
I can definitely, yeah, I would say I can definitely agree with that too. Cause I've only done, obviously, like I said, the one past life regression, but you kind of like, you have a feeling in the back of your mind, even if you don't know what the past lives are, like what you were doing in those past lives. And I've always had that feeling that I've always played the, uh, like the warrior type or like the free thinker type. So I feel like, like you were saying that everything kind of is coming into fruition for it needs to be in this life. Because uh, I feel like with a lot of those lives, I rejected the people closest to me in order to follow these paths. So in this life, like I was saying, trying to be the family man and everything like that, I feel like my goal for this life is to try to uh, balance out the idea of making my message, but in turn, keeping the ones that are close to me, continuously close to me. And that's where I had all these things where like I was only following one member of my family or this or that. And it kind of made me realize that, you know, I was, I feel like I was always intended to be somewhat of the protector type in some way, shape or form, but there's just different ways Mm -hmm. of doing it. It's like putting down the sword in this life in order to pick up the microphone to get the message across vocally instead of, you know, by, by force essentially. Yeah. That's interesting. I think as you're a man, you know, my son is a boy and he, he, he said to me just the other day, he said, I don't know why I like guns. But I just like that. I don't know why. And I and I said, I know why, because you were a warrior, even a soldier in past lives. And this is partly like this is in your blood. And and we talk about it, you know, like we've taken him, you know, we we do have guns here and he knows how to shoot them. We've taken him to like hunter's safety courses so he has a healthy respect, back to what you were saying before, for this this is a weapon, you know, this can be used to kill. And I want you to respect it. I want you to fear it in some way. Anyway, but I think, you know. Instead of me, you know, and my husband trying to be, you know, which we don't, you know, be like, don't feed that part of yourself, you know, because it's, there's nothing wrong with being a warrior, with being like wanting to fight for what's right. I have that in me too, you know. What's that (laughs) old saying? It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener on a battlefield (laughs) or something along those lines. Yeah, I've heard that. I haven't heard that for a long time. Yeah. And that's like Archangel Michael. I just said this to a client earlier today. I was like, Archangel Michael is a warrior, a warrior angel with a sword and a shield. And like the swords can, you know, they're weapons. They can invoke fear, but there's also that love. Like it's like the peaceful warrior, you know, the gentle warrior. I always, I think about myself that way sometimes. Like I can be very loving and kind, but I have a side to me (laughs) that can, can activate and, you know, fight if needed. Uh, and I think, you know, that's, that's just in whom I am. That's my vibration. That's yours. That's my son's and like that. And so it's like, how do we embrace all these parts of who we are? Like you're doing, you know, with speaking, you know, using your voice, your throat chakra to share light, you know, this is kind of an interesting conversation too. I used to, I had this whole like spiritual connection growing up where, um, I used to like sleep or astro travel and everything. And it just kind of like stopped one day, but after that stopped for a while and it was before I started my podcast, I would like not necessarily like visually see auras of people, but I would like think of somebody and there would be a color that would intentionally kind of come with it. And one thing that I noticed, at least for myself was that I always had like the green, I was like the caregiver one. That's when I was like taking care of all these animals and everything and like raising my kids. I mean, I'm still raising my kids, of course, but that's when they were like really little and everything. And right before I started up my show and everything, I felt this like massive shift and change in myself. And it felt like everything went to blue. And after that, I started digging into it and realized that's the throat chakra. And it was kind of weird that I like felt that things 
were supposed to happen in the way they were um, before they were actually like set in stone or I was even thinking about starting a podcast. It was just like you knew your purpose changed partway wow. through because you had to have these negative or not negative, but different different uh, things that you went through in order to get to this specific point. Like I've even talked Absolutely. about too, that a lot of people that are kind of like in our method of thinking, um, you don't necessarily grow up with the best childhood, but I always say that you have to go through hell and back in order to be able to help other people through hell and back, because it's hard to speak and tell people how to go about things unless you've been there before. Like a lot of the Absolutely. time, like prime example is people who are going through, um, you know, like things for addiction, for example, you know, it's really hard for them to take advice from somebody who wasn't previously an addict who got themselves together. They had to go through hell and back in order to be able to portray that message. Otherwise, people aren't hearing it like it's intended to be heard. So it's like, yeah. you know, you have to have a negative childhood in order to show people how you can be strong later on in life. Because if you have that golden spoon your entire time growing up, then people aren't going to listen to you when you try to explain to them how you can balance and take care of yourself and remain strong, um, even going through negative times. Like it, it's yep. just hard to, to stand Definitely. up and preach about that if you haven't been there before. And yep. each people is intended yep. to go through the things that they go through so that they can help other people through them. That's the way I've always viewed it is everybody wants to say, why is all this bad stuff happening to me? And for all those people out there that are going through really down times, things like that, um, the intention for it is now you will become stronger with each one of those things as long as you don't let it pull you down. And in the process, now that you've been there, now you can help other people with that. So instead of looking at the negative things happening in your life as why me, oh, why my me, you got to look at it more as it's another experience that now I can be that much more helpful and be able to understand people's perspectives that much more because half the battle now is it's really, really hard for most people to put themselves in other people's shoes. That's something that I feel like society has kind of lost along the way. And that's why everything is so polarized and divided where everybody starts, needs to start to understand, just put yourself in somebody else's shoes and try to understand their perspective. Even if it's not a perspective you agree with, or you don't want to agree with, at least try to sit in that thought for a while and try to understand their method of thinking, even if it isn't your method of thinking. 100%. Lots of words, wisdom there that you just said. And that, do you, I feel, I mean, you're tapping into some real truth because this is exactly the sort of things I pick up on in the Akashic Records, of course, I is my source of truth. That, and I, and I see that a lot with, with clients, like you said, people who have gone from feeling like really like victim, like, you know, even like angry at God, or angry at, you know, why did, why is this being done to me? You know, and I, and I'll say, and, and we'll do we a reading about it, like, well, you chose this. <laughs> and that's hard for a lot of people to hear. Why would anybody choose this for themselves, for learning, for growth? And, and you know, when we're in it, we don't always understand that. And that's, that can feel like a really cold thing to say to somebody. But like you said, we're going through all these experiences, big traumas, little traumas. And then, and it's like, and if you're going through this, you know, like, like, like Shane was just saying, like you were just saying, what are you doing for yourself? Like I say to people, make a note of what's helping you. You know, what are you doing to help yourself? Are you just going for, are you sitting outside under a tree for an hour? Are you um, just bringing in light and just feeling light throwing through your body? Are you writing? Are you like just, I don't know, screaming into a pillow? <laughs> I mean, like different things that people do that will help. Everybody has different things. And that is often how we're then guided to be of service to help other people. Because ultimately that is, you know, self-actualization, you know, moving, becoming our highest and best selves, which is really our goal, right? 
ultimately in every incarnation, that's what we're here doing until we become ascended masters or something, which very few of us will be, but um, is to just be, you know, to unconditionally love ourselves first and, and it's going through all our, all our crap, you know, and, and how in, in the presence of all this junk that we've gone through, then when we love ourselves and then we, that love goes out and spills into others and we're helping other people, you know, unconditionally love the collective and all that. Um, and it's not easy, you know, it's definitely not easy, but I think it helps people that really hear like what you just said, that it, that it has like a reason, you know, I think people like just think it's some people think it's just, you know, as I used to think too, life just sucks and then you die. You know, it's like, that's really not, it's really not that way. You know, it's, there's a lot more rhyme and reason to it. And there is not some like evil, you know, p vengeful punishing God. That's like punishing people. I don't believe at least for, you know, things that we've done bad. I must be a bad person. Otherwise I wouldn't be punished. You know, like, no, 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 no. This is all just learning and growth. And once, and it will keep, it'll, it'll, you'll keep getting in those same situations until you learn the lesson, <laughs> which is hard thing to hear, you know, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, even at the minimum, if you're going through a lot of negative stuff, it can at least teach you to appreciate a moment because I mean, you know, you may have a terrible home life, you may have a terrible work life, but say prime example in your lunch hour or something like that, you know, you go and get yourself, um, you know, a taco or whatever you enjoy most for lunch. And you have just five minutes there where you're just really tasting your food and just staring at the sky. And just instead of being worried about the mass sum of everything, I feel like just all those negative things can at least help people to appreciate the little small moments in life that make all the difference. Because I mean, even through all the different times I've had, I was, you know, went through a time where I was like a really, really bad alcoholic. I almost lost all my family and everything. And within mm -hmm. that process of that, the times that were good, like, you know, when I was just sitting at lunch, like contemplating and just watching the birds and just enjoying my food, it's like those moments you just want to last forever. So it just teaches you to really slow stuff down because the way life is now like, it's just way too sped up, way too fast paced. Everybody's always in a hurry. Like, if you're always in a hurry, like, what, what are you rushing for? What You're rushing for the end of your life? Like, there's no point in doing that. You just need to slow it down and appreciate the little things that you do have. Like I said, even if you don't have the best work or home life, the drive home from work, you get 20 minutes just to self-reflect, just by yourself, mm -hmm. whatever music you enjoy, whatever soda you enjoy, whatever tea you enjoy, whatever. Like, that. that's that can become just like this extended moment that you want to last forever. And it just really, really teaches you to appreciate a moment. Yeah. And what you're talking about, like with yourself, you know, taking that moment of lunch, you're being present, you know, you're in, you were in the moment you were not, I'm imagining, you know, you weren't like worrying about the, the past or worrying about the future, but just connected to what you were doing in that moment, which is really important for a lot of us, because like you said, there's so much distraction and noise that fuels our ego minds and that, you know, creates more dissonance, you know, and disconnection from our higher selves. And so when we're in those moments of just, um, you know, we're not, we're just noticing a little, you know, caterpillar crawling on a leaf, or we're just even looking at, you know, we're sitting at the stoplights and just watching the lights change, or just being present with something we're in that connection with our higher selves. And when we are in that connection, in that moment of no space, of no thought of space, then we start to 
dial in to our intuition. And that's where we get, you know, we're starting to notice where we're being guided because we're always being guided. You know, the right people, people get sent to us all the time. People will say like, oh, I don't, I don't feel like I connect with spirit guides or angels. I don't feel like anybody's there for me. And I'll say, they're always there. It's just, you're probably not noticing. <laughs> like you're mm-hmm. just not, you know, they're sending you information, your thoughts. They're sending you signs, literally sometimes like signs. And I'm sure, you know, people out there, you know, angel numbers, 444, you know, 333, all those numbers, one, two, three, four, they're always sending stuff like that. Um, and like, it's just a matter of us taking time to just notice it and then be guided in that direction. I, I just, one thing I want to say, Cause I was like, Oh, that sounded kind of harsh. What I said before about learning lesson, you know, like for people who are, um, I believe at least with, you know, a, a really abusive upbringing, which is unfortunately very common. I think one thing I've seen a lot with people is there's a lesson of forgiveness, which is, you know, how do we forgive? How do we learn to really forgive somebody or people? We, they do something that's so bad that we need to actually work on forgiving it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That it, it's like, it takes work to forgive. And I think that, and so sometimes those lessons can be just like about ba- or like boundaries. Like how do I, I'm really work. you know, maybe I'm working on healthy boundaries in this life. So I'm going to experience times when my boundaries were violated over and over and over. And I'm learning to stand up for myself and say no and say, you know, and and like create healthy boundaries. But anyway, I mean, sometimes people just also need to have this understanding of you can be at peace with somebody, but it doesn't mean you have to be necessarily be close to them, meaning that something negative happens to you. And rather than wishing like, man, I wish this person would just get into a car accident or this or that or something malicious, you know, you can say, I wish that person the absolute best, just not within my life. Because I mean, right. I've had my separation with a lot of different people in my family and by no means do I wish anything negative on them by any means. I wish them the absolute best possible life that they can live. It's just that I don't think that it's something that we can do coinciding with each other. And I feel like that's yeah. where a lot of people have trouble forgiving people is that they feel like if they forgive somebody that they have to be involved with them again, that isn't necessarily mm-hmm. the case. You can forgive somebody, yeah. let everything go and just come to an understanding that you two just aren't necessarily intended. Maybe there was a purpose that you guys clashed or had your point at one point in life, but it's okay to just separate ways and not feel vengeful against that other person. Absolutely. I think I I like to say that, you know, forgiveness is not also saying like, it's okay what you did. You know, like I, that's fine. You did this horrible thing to me. No, it's fine. You know, it's not saying it's okay. It's really saying I'm no longer going to allow the negative energy connected with this situation or this person to affect me. Like, and I always, I think of it in the sense of cords, like there's these cords, you know, that we're just cutting, like I'm cutting these negative cords of codependency, of guilt, of shame, of anger that are actually harming me. You know, it doesn't feel good to be angry and hold a grudge against somebody forever. And I'm just letting it go. And that is one of the hardest things for people to do myself included, you know, (laughs) I'm still working on some of these things, you know, it'd be like, I'm, letting it go. I'm just going to let it go. And we know when we, you know, when we know we have, we've got a little more work to do when we get triggered by something like somebody pushes our buttons and oh, we get really angry about it. Or we, you know, we've having a really strong emotional reaction. Then it's like, okay, there's still some work to do there. But yes, I totally agree with you too, that you can love, you can 
love somebody. And one of the greatest gifts we can give people is just loving them from a distance, you know, but we do not need to allow ourselves to be abused either. You know, that's not, that's when we love ourselves unconditionally, we love ourselves and respect ourselves enough to not allow that to happen, which is one of the, another, one of the greatest gifts we can give somebody is to say, you know, I'm no longer, maybe you've been allowed, you've been behaving like this for many lifetimes or many years. And I'm going to say, no, you know, like, like I love the analogy of a parent with a t- screaming toddler in a tantrum, you know, they're hitting them and punching them and, and you're like, you know, you know, you need to go over there, go in your room until you're ready to be, you know, calm or to mm-hmm. like not hit me, you know, I'm not going to be hit. <laughs> and some people they go through their whole adult lives and they're raging like that their whole lives. And so, you know, we, we do need to protect ourselves from them and we can still be like loving, but not, be around them as much because it's not for our highest good over there. So, I mean, I've said that a million really times with kids that sometimes you just have to kind of step away for a little bit to have them understand stuff. And one thing that I've it's worked pretty well as far as I go for my daughter is back when she used to have her crazy temper tantrums, um, you know, I would try to sit and listen. But if she just was being too ridiculous, I would tell her that nothing ever gets done through somebody screaming because somebody else, the other person's going to be offensive. I pretty much would tell her, you're not going to get your point across by screaming. You need to collect your thoughts and then we can sit down and talk. But if you're just going to yell, then we can't talk and we're never going to get anywhere. And I was telling her this when she was like three, four years old. So now she has this understanding that when she gets upset about something, like she knows to kind of go and collect her thoughts and then come back out and talk about what she's upset about. Because if you're letting all your passion get get control of you, you're never going to thoroughly get your point across because your your brain is blocking itself from being able to portray the message properly. So, I mean, totally. like I said, I was doing this to my daughter when she was three. So it's something that definitely can be done. And just another thing for all those parents out there that have kids that deal with these temperature tantrums, um, basically just tell them that, say, we will talk when you're able, when you calm down, because I can't, you can even just say, I don't know what you're saying when you're yelling you need to calm down and then we can talk. If you want to have a temper tantrum, you can sit in here for the next three hours and do it. That's all about you. <laughs> but as soon as you calm down, then we can figure out the problem. But until then, we, we aren't going to be able to communicate on the same level at this point. <laughs> yep. yep. I mean, that even goes for and adults, about- I guess, too. I mean, if somebody's making you mad, you just tell them, collect your thoughts, yes. and then we can come back like civil adults and we can talk this out. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing how actually some children are much more able to calm themselves than adults, you know, especially when they get on social media and they start, you know, typing things back and forth and commenting on posts like, wow, you're not in your rational mind. I can tell, you know, you're just all worked up and triggered anyway. But I mean, a lot of adults, I feel like they have a lot built up, so they just need a means to vent it. And more often than not, somebody says the wrong thing and they just spill everything onto that person. And that's what people need yeah. to understand about online is half those people that are coming after you saying rude comments, doing whatever. It's not that they hate you and want to come after you. It's that they have so much buildup from everything going on around that they have to put it somewhere and you just happen to be in yeah. the wrong place at the wrong time. Like everybody <laughs> yeah. just has this buildup. So it's like you just can't take it personally when people come at you about views and opinions and beliefs because it's not geared at you. It's geared at everybody that has your opinion because they just have so much frustration built up that they're just going to take it all out on one person because you're the one that's standing in front of them at that time. Yes, 100%. And that, you know, with everything that's happened in the past three years, you know, the COVID nonsense, um, 
there's a lot of, I mean, however, however anybody feels about it, every one of us has been through some sort of trauma with this. And the fact that now it's just like, oh, back to normal or, you know, the next thing, like it's, there's no been no like, pro, I mean, a lot, I don't even think, I know I've tried to do that with some of my groups I facilitate, but I don't feel like the schools are not really talking about it with kids. Like, how does that feel? What, what, you know, there's not a lot of like processing and emotional release that's happening. And so there's still a lot of people walking around like with all these pent up emotions that are just, they're like volcanoes waiting to explode. And I like to use the analogy, like if a volcano does not have a proper outlet to release, you know, to erupt like through the top, you know, it's going to spew out. So it's going to get out the, that energy in that volcano is going to erupt somehow, but it's going to come out the sides. It's going to come out in weird ways towards people that we don't, you know, that they don't, that 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 person don't, doesn't want to hurt necessarily, but because it's, there's been so much pent up unreleased emotional energy and it's, it's going to come out somewhere. And we're seeing that with people, some people like losing their minds Mm -hmm. (laughs) or just, Unfortunately, then there's or suicides or just like they just can't take it anymore. Um, so I mean that, and to me, I'm also you know thinking, well, my approach is I'm not waiting for any external you know talking head or system or structure to do that for me. I'm just gonna, I just need to create it for myself, you know, and and for us to find, you know, my I feel like one of the things I try to do is help people find safe places, people that they feel comfortable with people that they feel, um, yeah, I guess safe with Mm -hmm. who understand them to express their feelings and, um, and release their emotions in some way to begin to heal because it's a lot, you know, it's a lot for all of us. So then they do that by listening to podcasts like this too, I'm sure. Oh yeah. They feel heard, you know? I always tell people too <laughs> to follow passions because you'd be surprised how much that does for you too. Cause I mean, like if you have a bunch of pent up anger, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do. You can go play a sport if that's what you really enjoy. You know, you can write if that's what you really enjoy, but you're never going to really feel like you're doing something unless you figure out what your passion is and, and ride with it. Cause realistically, the only way you get anywhere is with work and people get so turned off to that word. But if you really do find a passion, then it's not work. It's something that you thoroughly enjoy and you feel productive doing it. And that's what I feel a lot of people are stuck in now is that they just, they work their jobs, they come home, they watch TV and then they go to bed, but they don't have like a passion outlet to outlet the work that they want to do to feel productive with themselves in the process. So, I mean, a lot of people are scared to do things, but I always tell people, if you want to start a podcast, go and do it. If you want to write a book, go and do it. If you want to, anything you want to do, you got to go and do it because you're never going to know if that's your passion, your outlet until you actually start doing it. But once you do it, then you'll have something that you'll want to continue progressing on with, which I feel like would help with a lot of like the suicide stuff is that again, a lot of people are stuck in this. I'm going to work. I'm going to sleep. That's, that's a depressing wave to be in. You got to find your thing that you do for you in the process of that. I mean, it could be something as simple as just going fishing. And in the process of that, you know, you're doing something that's almost like timeless in the aspect of you're not watching the clock. You're just doing something because you thoroughly enjoy it and living in the moment. And that's the other part that goes with it too, is that when you really do find your passion, you learn to live in the moment because you're not watching the clock as you're doing work. Like you do at, at work, you're doing work and doing something productive, but you're enjoying it and you're losing track of time and just living in the moment and just paying attention to what you're doing in the process of it. Yeah. And I think, you know, 
it's kind of like following what your soul longs to do, you know, and that, and some people say, well, I don't know what my soul longs to do. It's like, well, what did you used to love doing when you were a kid? You know, what, if you had like an alternate reality where and all your needs were met and you could do whatever you want, what would you do? And I remember before I started doing this work, I, my husband's like, you need to find a hobby. And I was like, well, the only thing I like to do is do tarot, read tarot cards. <laughs> I was like, that's really my only hobby. And I mean, I would, you know, I would do yoga and go hiking, and listen to music and read, but like nothing that was like, this is my special thing. And that, and so, but he was like, well, then why don't you take a tarot card class? So I took a tarot card class and then I eventually like it took, but I had a lot of, I mean, so I, I guess what I'm getting at is like the big things like writing a book or starting a podcast. Some of that can bring up a lot of fear for people is because it's like such a big deal. Oh, people are going to hear me. And like, what am I going to say? And so it's like, start really small. It's like the really small choices, like just, you know, um, I don't know if you, if you're thinking about writing a book, just put up a blog post, like start a blog and start writing your thoughts on a blog. Or if you want to start a podcast, maybe just record yourself talking and then, you know, listen to it later or share it with a friend. You know, you don't have to like put it out there to the larger audience yet, but start small. And that, and that helps the ego kind of work through it. it took, again, I'll say, I'm sure you didn't, I mean, I'm sure for you, it wasn't just, maybe it was, maybe you're a special person, but for a lot of us, it takes time to build up to like writing a book or starting a podcast, something like that. Right. I mean, if people listen to my old episodes versus now, it's a totally different idea. Like when I first started my show, I was that guy that, so I grew up kind of like you're saying with a lot of things that you did as a kid kind of come around full circle. My parents used to tell me I talked way too much and I was always really into just like the weirdest things I could possibly find. Like I was looking into like mummies and Greek mythology and this and that, just all the weird stuff. And that ended up uh, transitioning into what I do now. But even with like a podcast and stuff, it's like, because of just my method of thinking, I got to this point where I kind of had like a back and forth, I guess, where right before I started my podcast, I knew that all of my things I talk about were just out there. So I just kind of lived in my own head and I didn't necessarily know how to like talk to people like that. So like my very first episode is like, I'm very socially awkward still at that time. And I really kind of like came into myself in the process of uh, doing the show and everything like that. But it's, um, it's like a buildup like that. It's you're not going to be instantly good at it, but it's going to help you to build, to be better at the things that you want to be better at. And I mean, I was even during high school and stuff, I just knew that I was just into weird stuff and my mind didn't work the same as everybody else's. So that was at the time why I got into um, like drinking and doing things I wasn't necessarily supposed to be doing was because I knew that my mind was on a different wavelength than other people's. So I would purposely do these substances to like, for lack of a better term, like dumb myself down to kind of feel like I fit in with everybody else. Mm. And it was never good for me Mm. in the process. And once I realized what I was doing by trying to do all of these things, then I was able to like stop that behavior in the process and like let my mind flourish. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that self-doubt themselves. But again, if you're self-doubting yourself and you want to start a podcast, go listen to my first episode versus now and you'll hear a shocking difference. And just keep in mind that, you know, it's like that for everybody. When you first start anything, you don't necessarily like reading your own words or hearing your own voice, but you fall into yourself and get more comfortable as you do it. But the only way you're going to get comfortable doing it is, again, by doing it, by practicing, by getting better at it. Like nobody's going to hop on a microphone and be the absolute best podcaster or best writer that's ever hopped behind a pen ever. It's a process of getting better. And people need to understand Mm -hmm. that 
there's no such, I mean, I'm sure that there's the odd ones out there that are just perfect at something the first time they do it. But for the majority of people, anything that you want to do or that's worth doing is going to take work to get to the point where you want to be doing it. And even so, you'll never end up finishing that because anybody that's passionate about something they're doing, nobody ever is like, I'm done. I'm the master. It's always this <laughs> continuous growth. Like even the master of anything is still learning in their old age trying to still learn more because they still know that there's still things to improve on. Like there's never necessarily a full master of anything because there's always room to keep growing and keep progressing and getting better at what you do. (laughs) Yeah. It's beautiful. So true. So true. I tell people to listen to my early meditation. I do a lot of meditation. I have a meditation podcast and my early ones were really bad. I was talking too fast, you know, and and then also videos. I, I do a lot of I do a lot of videos now. But my first time, I remember I first made a video. I did it like twenty times, and I read the script behind the camera. And and my dad saw it at one point. He's like, "Are you going to show that to anybody?" <laughs> it was it was like I was like a robot, like reading a script. It was so bad, and I spent hours. And I was so nervous, you know. But now I just I'm like I just all I'm doing is just talking, you know. I'm like talking to, like I'm talking to you. So anyway, yeah, it, it it's. It takes time and, and it takes, it's, there's this uh, book called The Slight Edge. I remember I read years ago and the guy in the book says, like, it's the little choices we make that add up to the big ones. Like if you eat a Big Mac every day, it's going to add up to probably not so many, so good things later on. But if you go for like a five, 10 minute walk every day, that even though it's not a lot, it's going to add up, you know? So if you take a minute to like, write down a set, you know, paragraph of something, or if you want to start a business, just start, you know, reach out to somebody that has a business and ask them what it's like and just set up a time to talk to them. And so, you know, it start. that's what I did. You know, I, I started all these little, little tiny, tiny things. Like I'm sure you did that. They add up to the big things yep, later on, but you don't give up in the process yeah. too. Cause a lot of people will yeah. have a lot of self doubt, no matter what you're doing, the greatest musicians oh, yeah. that ever lived, the greatest writers that ever lived, everything influxes. You go in points where you're full of self doubt and you go in points where you're full of confidence. Everybody needs to keep in mind that there's always going to be that fluctuation. When you have the points of self-doubt, there's a lot of people that just quit their passions because they're doubting themselves. You have to Mm -hmm. work through it and just know that everything is always going to be this constant give and flow back and forth. It's never going to be one way or the other forever. It's going to bounce and you just got to stick the course through all the process of it if it's something that you thoroughly enjoy doing. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I say that to people a lot. It's like, I failed so many times. I made so many mistakes. I've embarrassed myself. And I just like, instead of saying, oh, I suck, I might as well just stop, which I have thought, you know, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'll just be like, have. okay, what is it? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, what, what did I learn from that? Like, what could I have done better? Why did that happen? You know, how can I improve? And, uh, and for me, I get a lot of my guidance just from like my spirit, my spiritual connection that's really helped me go you know keep going when it hasn't been easy for sure (laughs) in this world to like keep going you know doing the the work that we're doing which is like talking about deep things and you know for me making a business out of it at least and you know it's like wow that's tied to my livelihood and it's tied to my self-worth and it's tied to like all these intense ideas that not everybody grasps that at some point then you tap into that little vein of like this is what you're supposed to be doing as a soul and you've got all these guides helping you and it's like, okay, then there's flow. And then, you know, then things happen and it doesn't always work out sometimes, but then you get back in the flow. It, like you said, there's these cycles. So it's just, you get used to it after a while, but it's always, 
process of learning and growing. I'm like, oh, now that I'm on to the next lesson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of always growth so, because if you're not yeah. failing, then there's no opportunity for growth. So it's like the, the, the totally. fails are needed in order to grow. Totally. Yeah. And I guess, yeah. uh, of course, we could probably continue this conversation on for a lot longer, <laughs> but I love extending the conversations and not putting it all in one place because it's, it's always fun to have returning guests to have all of these awesome conversations. So uh, one thing I always like to do before we end the show is I always like to do words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners. And I know we've kind of been bouncing around on a lot of words of wisdom, but if you have, I guess, one specific words of wisdom you'd like to bestow onto the listeners, uh, what would it be? Yeah, I was actually thinking of that a few minutes ago and I think kind of going off of what we were just talking about, um, I really, it's, I feel like with all the noise and the distractions around us, it's really important to just get quiet and um, go out, especially in nature for so many people that we're all addicted to our phones in some way and to our devices. I certainly am. And I, they're wonderful tools, but you know, try to just, you know, put that all stuff aside I try to do that every day. Every morning I, I take my dog for a walk in the woods and I just sit under a tree. I hug, the, I hug a tree. I hug different trees, give them all a <laughs> chance. And then I, and then I just sit, you know, and, and just try to, you know, if there's sun, I just feel the sun flowing through my body and I just listen to the, there's a little stream I listen to. And it's, it really helps me just center and ground myself. Um, and then, and so I recommend that for anybody. It doesn't have to be very long. Even if you live in the city, you can still find like a tree or piece of grass or something, you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's always the sun. There's always the, the air and the elements of the earth. And what doing that does is not only helps us feel better and clear energy, the earth can literally pull that en any negative energy off of us. But it also, in that moment of quiet and of space, we start to open we start to connect intuitively to our higher selves, to intuition, to whatever you want to call it, you know, just spirits or guidance that can then guide us in our lives. And I, and I, I, I've spent a lot of time doing that myself. I, I try to tell other people do that because it, for me, it's just so super essential and it helps me keep going. It helps me just feel hope and a sense of like, why I get up in the morning, you know, something to look for. every time I get up in the morning, actually, I even the first thing I do, I just look out the window and I just, you know, bring my hands in prayer position, my heart center. That's just what I do. And I, I just give thanks and I just try to connect in and, and it really seems to help. So that would be my, those would be my words of wisdom. <laughs> I definitely agree. I, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I look out my back window, I look at the trees, I look at the birds and everything, but it's been a while since I made this point on the show and I know, um, you know, this is made a long time ago. So I know there's a lot of new listeners that haven't heard me make this point, but no matter where you live, whether you're somebody that's a city slicker or you're somebody living in the country, everybody's houses are decorated with pictures of the outside of leaves, of trees, of this, like anything that has to do with nature. So even if you don't necessarily know it, you have a subconscious longing to be within nature, even if it is for short periods of time. That's how you need to rebalance yourself because the reason why people decorate their houses with all this stuff, even if it's subconscious, is because it's a calming feeling to see nature, to know that you're part and one with nature again because that's where we are intended to be in the first place. So it's like it's subconsciously there even if you don't want to believe it. So people just need to, like you said, mm -hmm. even if it's just staring at a tree in a park if you're in a city, like it's needed. You, you need that in order to rebalance yourself 
And you can't just tease yourself with the synthetic pictures of it. You need to actually experience it and go and do it. And I was even going to throw this point in earlier that, you know, my hobby and my passion may be podcasting, but everybody has to find their nature passion, so to speak, too. Like, uh, I like to fish. I like to hike. Um, you know, everybody has to find their thing that they can do out in the woods that, like I was saying with passions becomes like this timeless thing that you're not in a rush to do. You know, if you like hiking and you can go on a six hour hike and it's like, Oh, I thought we were only out here for an hour. You can go fishing and be out there for six hours and feel like, Oh, I've only been out here an hour. Everybody has to find their niche of something that they enjoy the most out in the woods. And then again, it gives you an excuse to be able to go out and do it because then you have something to do when you get to your destination. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Super important. Super important, especially with also those, the Schumann resonance earth is this at 432 Hertz, you know, so it does realign us. It raises our vibration in a really important way. So go spend some time out in the woods and meditate and see how good anybody feels. Even if you're just, even if you don't know how to meditate, you just go sit on a stump and look over some water for a while. Be surprised at how much better you feel. Even if you're going (laughs) through some crazy times, even if it's just while you're sitting there, you'll feel really good in the process of it. (laughs) Yeah. Even if it's just a few minutes, that's all you need. Mm -hmm. So I guess with that also, if anybody really enjoyed this conversation, which of course they did, because this was a wonderful conversation. If anybody wants to come and find you, any of your work, uh, where would they come and find you and all of your things at? Yeah. uh, The best place is probably my website, which is soulfulworkconsulting.com or you can go to rachelhortonwhite.com. And I have a lot of different things I'm doing all the time. One thing that's coming up is I'm doing an angel class, teaching people how to communicate with angels. And um, if you listen to this later on, it'll be there as just a standalone online course. But um, I do a lot of Akashic Records readings and past life regressions and um, a lot of um, hypnotherapy, inner child work, uh, healing sort of deep work. Um, And... I teach a bunch of different, I teach an intuitive guide program where I teach people how to do the work I do with this long 10 month program that I'll be doing starting in a few months. Um, and I teach actually, this will come up in, in next year, in March, 2024. Um, every year I teach an Akashic records class where I teach people how to read their own records, which is a pretty popular class and That's people seem cool. to like that, but. Yeah. And so I love, you know, I love doing the work for people and also teaching. And of course I have this book I wrote, um, last last year uh, called tools for the awakening soul a guide to activate your intuition and uncover your life's purpose and it has all kinds of you know writing tools and exercises and stories and i talk about you know a lot of it as clearing ego and medit how to you know quiet the mind meditate then into like connecting with spirit and opening the third eye i talk a little bit about you know past lives and ancestors and the akashic records and um and you know energy clearing and there's all kinds of things in there but anyway some a lot of people seem to enjoy it so there's that too but yeah and of course i'm on facebook and instagram and youtube and stuff like that so try to share share light where i can (laughs) (laughs) and of course for all the listeners i'll include all the links down in the description uh for the show description so you guys can all find it quick and easy because i know you guys want to come and find at least give her a follow go check out her work because she does wonderful (laughs) work she's an awesome person to talk to and uh, i really enjoyed this episode i really enjoyed this conversation and i'm really looking forward to the next time we get to do this again thank you shane it was really fun really cool thanks again for making the time to come on also of course likewise
If you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to review or rate the show on iTunes or Spotify. Always appreciate it. It helps it so that more people are able to see the show and it helps boost the show up in the algorithms. And uh, and if you don't want to do that or you have already, don't forget to share this specific episode if you think that there's somebody else that'll really enjoy it. And uh, if you don't think they'll listen to the full two hours, go and check out YouTube or TikTok and you'll find a clip more li- most likely of some part of this show. Uh, you know, Get them interested in it and make it so that they go and they want to listen to the whole rest of the episode. It's all about just kicking in that door and making it so people can see what's there and make it so that they're interested in hearing the rest of it, of course. But anything you guys do, I always appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best for sticking around and listening to the show. And I can't even begin to describe how much I appreciate every single one of you guys for being out there and listening each week. And uh, if you guys want to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, uh, be it you simply just want to have a conversation, you want to be a guest on the show, you're an artist and you want to contribute some art to the show, um, you maybe have a cryptid-related product or paranormal product or any of that kind of stuff, and you want to advertise in some way, shape, or form on the show, uh, we can always work something out. I would love to make contact with you, but you guys got to shoot me a message, of course, and you guys can do so through shooting me a message on Instagram, which is the one that I'm the most active on, either through any of the three accounts that I run, be it increase of our reality, bizarre encounters or open minds media, or you guys can shoot me an email at increase of our reality podcast at outlook.com, or you can go down to the link tree, fill the submission form, and that will go directly to my email. And like I say on every single show, check your spam and junk folders, make sure nothing gets missed in the process because more often than not, it seems like my messages tend to go there because I do send out a lot of links for, you know, running a podcast in general and, uh, everything that I mentioned, like I was just saying, all available down in the link tree. And that includes the social media, the YouTube, the TikTok, the chat rooms, all that stuff, the merch store, the Patreon, everything, all included in the link tree, all in one place. Uh, you guys can check that out at L-A-N-K-T-R period E-E slash increase of our reality podcast or available down in the show description. And with that, hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.